I'm whipping you. Eh, eh, eh. And the, the whip wasn't even like a big Indiana Jones type whip. It was like this little, you know, a horsey whip. It's John Goodman. He's funny. There's a monkey. Deal with it. But just their costumes are hilarious and they're Italians. But Harry Potter with my wizarding wizards. It's fingernails on my eyeballs and ear holes. James Bond isn't real either. Aww. Christopher Lee is, you know, Christopher Lee. Movie Freaks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net to be labeled a pre existing condition under the potential new healthcare act. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> if you've already listened to us, it's too late. <laughs> we are all screwed. <laughs> That's right. It's too late for you, dear oh, listener. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, how's it going? Good. Good. I'm doing quite well on this. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We're not going to get into politics, so I- I'm doing good. Let's just say that. Yeah. That's the end of politics for this evening. Yes. Yep. Because I could go down that slippery slope, and it'll end in wailing and gnashing of teeth. So it's good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, we will survive this too, one way or another. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty good too. Even yeah, after spending all day in the rainy rain, Akron Zoo dragging a three and five year old around. Um, do was... they close? Do they close for bad weather, or is it? Nope, you're here. Apparently not, because we were there all day, and we had a little gap of about twenty minutes where it maybe didn't rain, and then it was just steady rain. Oh, miserable! Wow. At least it wasn't like raining sideways, like torrential downpour or anything like that. It was just a steady kind of drizzling rain, and enough that you got to get your umbrella out. And you know, it's hard when you're dragging the three-year-old who can't keep up with his tiny legs. And you're like, "Come on, go a little faster so that you stay under the umbrella and don't get soaked too late." They're drenched. Did did they put their heads through the uh, the uh, penguin, the little the penguin statue things when you walk in? No, it was raining at that point. And okay. I'm just, like, hustling people along. Okay. Uh, it was a lot better than last year, though, even though last year it rained the whole time, too. But uh, last year there was way more people, hundreds more people. And so we were in crowds and crowds of strangers. It was, yeah. like, uh, kindergarten day for everybody, uh, I guess. And uh. th- that, was, that was terrible. Yeah. Because lots of people screaming at their kids, and you're like, oh, I just want to get away from you. Yeah, all it takes is, like, overcrowdedness and either too hot or too cold and miserable, and you've got angry parents and then grumpy kids. Yeah. So this year this year was better than last year, I think. But, Good. Uh, even though we all got wet and it was getting cold towards the end, we still yeah. had we still had fun. It was Corbin's first time, so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, we, li- we live relatively close to there, so we're probably going to go up sometime, like, right when, when school lets out, we'll probably take the kids up for a, a mo- like, we'll go in the morning. And be up there till early afternoon, something like that. It's perfect size too for younger kids, because I mean, we were there for two hours, and that included lunch, and we saw every animal. And, oh, really? Yeah, on the we probably would have stayed longer if it wasn't raining. You wouldn't hustle yeah. them along so much, but. And now he's all wound up. Go to bed, kid. Go to bed. Oh, he's. You probably can hear him in the background. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, I hear yeah. him. I hear him. <laughs> well, what, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, usual. Okay. Hunting yep. the Canadians. Yep, me too. Me too. Yeah, it's so good. I, I can't get away from it. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, for the for the money, it's, um, I would, you know, I just got done with my rich and rare, and I'm like, you know, this is cheaper, and 
better. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, All right. ready to get on with the show? Let's do it. Let's talk some movies. All right. Let's start as we always do with the roulette, where we dive into the ocean of cinema and try to find those gems in the rough. And I'm very curious to hear. We there was no chit chat again this week, so I'm very yep. curious to hear uh, if it was a resounding yes or no. And you get to go first, kind sir. I do. Yes. Chilling visions. Chilling visions. Five senses of fear. Dun dun dun. 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 And I'm happy to report this gets a thumbs up. All right. Um, I'm a sucker for a good anthology. Um, even. Uh, so-so anthology with a couple good segments I'm usually on board for. And here, um, honestly, every single short in this, which was five of them, uh, they were all good. Uh, I have some complaints. Uh, I am kind of old school in that I love Creepshow. I love the old Amicus short, the those movies, the Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror and all those things. Um, this one here has that glossy new sheen to it, but... It uh, definitely has the gore going on. Each one has a couple scenes that are like, "Ooh, okay." And each story, um, they they tie it slightly in with the other one, so it's kind of like they in this in this hour and twenty some odd minute movie, they've created their own little universe, and I kind of think that's cool because all the stories are kind of unrelated, but they kind of towards the end they kind of are sort of, uh, which makes it made it fun to watch because I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute." I see how that one kind of tied into the, you know, the, the taste one. And I know how that, that one kind of tied into the whatever. Um, the, there, there is no wraparound story, which that kind of bothered me because it begins with like a really cool, it seems like you're watching a nine inch, like an old school nine inch nails video intro. Right. And I'm like, okay, so this is good, probably going to, cause it, but it's like with a couple actors. I'm like, this is going to be the wraparound story. The, the, all these anthologies, have a wraparound story. Right. Um, and, and then a little zinger in the end. Well, this had a beginning, a cool beginning, and then after the last segment was done, uh, which was hearing, um, roll credits, movie's done. I'm like, what? Oh, all right. Um, they, they, they totally botched it on somehow doing a, going back to that weird beginning with the credits uh, and t- tying it together, I guess. Hmm. I didn't quite get why they would why they did that. I I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was budget, but there is actually some sort of a budget here. It's not it's not a zero budget affair. It's technically very well made. Some of the acting is a bit spotty, um, but all the stories are interesting, and they all have a couple of pretty good juicy scenes in them, especially uh, taste. Taste was um, taste was good, <laughs> um, and smell was good too. Uh, they were they, honestly they were all. You should check it out. This is definitely one you should check out. Keep in mind some of the acting is is a bit wooden, but the stories themselves there's just the right amount of sick uh, twistedness to these. Because at a lot of these anthology movies, they try to they they only have a certain amount of time, so they have to really pack it in there. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, like, okay, we've got 20 minutes for this one here, so let's get on with it. And here's a couple sick, twisted little ideas. And there are a couple of them are, like, really taste and and um, smell were the ones that really stood out as, uh, like, wow. Oh, okay. There we go. So, 
Cool. Definitely, definitely check. I actually, I think I gave it four stars out of five. I really enjoyed it. Oh wow, that was that's but, a big win for a roulette. It is, uh, especially because I was not expecting much, and I came away with thinking, you know, good production values, um, a couple missteps, but all in all, that was a thumbs up. Cool. I'll definitely keep it in the queue. Hopefully, yes. it'll last till October too, because I'd I'd like to watch it then. That and that would be a good uh, October one. That's not one where. You can watch it. Well, you can watch it whenever, but it would make for a good October viewing, and it's yeah. just a sick little. And it never outstays its welcome. It moves quick, and then it's over too quick, actually, because it could have easily stood for five more minute wrap up that would have really tied everything together even better. Because they do paint this kind of this weird little world, almost like uh, the um, the the show on Netflix that I like so much, uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, but that's the nice thing about the anthology format is that even if one is not as good as the others, it's going to be over soon. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, there was one that was a bit lesser for me, but it was still really enjoyable. I'm like, ah, that was still that was fine. But there are a couple of more like that was that was really good. So thumbs up. That cool. was a good. Yep, I was I was happy with that choice. Alrighty, well, I will keep it in the queue, and uh, I'm sure you'll hear my review eventually sometime. Over on my side, we had uh, Equal Horror, Summer Camp Nightmare. Alright. A group of campers revolt against their strict camp director and take over the camp for themselves. This is a tricky one to review, to say the least. Because while I'm watching it, I'm like, this sucks. Uh, And... I don't like this, but eh, I get it, and I see what it's trying to go for, and uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, these kids come back to camp for summer camp, watch in the eighties, which this is very, very eighties, and I would say probably early eighties, or at least it looks early eighties. So you went to camp all summer, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that must be nice. Just see you kids for three months or something. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so they, these kids all come back to their camp and the guy that owned the camp sold it to a different guy. And the new guy that runs the camp is this ultra religious, um, conservative chap who wants to suck the fun out of everything and is really going to pound Jesus into these kids. Uh, come hell or high water and no dances. And I rigged that you can always go to the rec room, watch TV Oh, I didn't tell you, but I rigged it so that it only gets the religious channel. Just stuff like that, where it's just beating you over the head with with that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, look. I'll, I'll give this movie kind of a middle-of-the-road passing grade, maybe. You might want to watch it. You might want to give it uh, uh, your, your, your opinion. Because, I'll tell you what, if I... Here's where I get stuck. If I had watched this movie... When I was a kid, if I had watched this during that explorer's time, if I'd watched it yeah. in the eighties, et cetera, et cetera, I might've really enjoyed this movie. I might've, this might be a classic to me, something yep. that I look to like, Oh yeah, these rebels taking over the camp. Eh. But as it is now, I'm just like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. I mean, the one guy's all politically motivated and we must fight the man. And so they, you know, take the, the camp director guy and tie him up and 
now we run the camp and all hell is breaking loose and we we found some bottles of gin and I mean, fast forward two days, and I mean, the place is trashed, and everybody's been drinking. Apparently, a hundred kids can drink um, two bottles of gin for, you know, days and days and days, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway. So, what would be the final score, then? Like a C? Or, I guess, on your grading scale, it would be like... Five, four. Six. I'll give Ooh. it a four. I mean, I won't be revisiting this one, but you might really like it. Maybe yeah. I don't. No, know. I, I get what you're saying. Because not that Goonies is a bad movie; it's a good movie. But I didn't watch Goonies when it came out, and so I've never quite got like it's still a good movie. But I'm like, ah, it's I. I'll take Stand by Me any day, or I'll take Lost Boys any day over Goonies, which they all kind of have that same feel. And I'm not sure if this one would have the same feel. No, but, it's nowhere on that level of filmmaking. This is more like a PG-13 thrillery uh, direct-to-video version of... It, it, it desperately wants to be a horror movie, but it's just n- qu- not quite. I mean, there are yeah. some deaths involved, and things get hairy and a little crazy and out of control, and Lord of the flies kind of thing. Okay, yeah, so it's got the Lord of the Flies thing going. It definitely does, but at the same time, it takes a while to get around to it. Like, I was like, okay, this this thing's probably good. I'm probably at the halfway point, 30 minutes in. It's like, Ugh. shit. That's, <laughs> and that is one good thing about my movie, is it moved so fast it was over... Too soon. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I, I'm not quite done. But that's a. I think sometimes that can be a good thing to where it's like, it, they didn't overstay its welcome. This one here sounds like it did a bit overstay its welcome. Well, it's, I mean, it's an hour and 30. It just, oh. <laughs> it just moves at that 80s pace. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to completely discount it because you might, if you're feeling nostalgic for that time period yeah. and you're looking for that kind of thing, you're always look. you are always looking for this kind of thing. I am. Yep. I'll probably end up watching that at some point. Give it a shot. Let okay. me know what you think. All right. Okay. Next round. Here we go. So, for your roulette next week, I have uh, starting off with a movie on Crackle. And uh, it is One False Move from 1992, starring the late, great Bill Paxton and Billy Bob Thornton. Um it sounds really good. Uh, I don't want to give... Obviously, this is not on Netflix, so the uh, I went on IMDb. The synopsis is brief. A small-town police chief awaits the arrival of a gang of killers. And then the next synopsis is like a long paragraph, so I'll just say that it's a, it's a crime thriller. Um, okay. I actually remember this one in our... Uh, when I worked at the VHS store, this was one that, uh, that we had in my boss. He loved this movie. And I, I don't know, I just never got around to watching it, so it, there it is. There you go. One false move. Next up is Patrick Swayze starring in Steel Dawn from 1987. And this is, uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, a warrior wandering through the desert comes upon a group of settlers who are being menaced by a murderous gang that is after the, <gasps> you guessed it, water supply. Of course, it's always the water supply. So, there you go. The Lost Um, Mad Max movie. Yes. Uh, And last but not least is uh, another one that we've thrown up on the roulette from time to time is The Similars. And uh, that was from 2015. And it's uh, supposedly a bit like a Twilight Zone type thing on a rainy night in October. Eight characters uh, waiting on a remote bus station 
for a bus heading to Mexico City, start experiencing a strange phenomenon. And uh, I believe it's in black and white. And I, again, one of us is eventually going to watch this movie because this could be gem in the rough. Probably not, but it could be. You yeah, never know. No problem. We'll keep tossing it back up there until somebody takes it. I'm down with that. Okay. Okay, speaking of things that have been on there before, next up for you, Metamorphosis, which I described last week. It's on Shout Factory TV. A brilliant geneticist tests out his anti-aging serum and maybe turns into a vampire or something. Uh, next up, Air. Starring Norman Reedus and Digimon... I don't know how you say his name, sorry. Uh, who's... who's can't yeah, say your name, dude. I gotcha. You're a great actor, but uh, yeah, I'm going to choke on your name. In the near future, breathable air is non-existent. Two engineers tasked with guarding the last hope for mankind struggle to preserve their own lives while adm- uh, administering to their vital task at hand. Administer. Thanks, IMDb, for your crap synopsis once again. Yep. And lastly, <laughs> from Accelerator Media, the company that brought us the... Beautiful remake of Steven Spielberg's Duel, Wrecker! Uh, Drifter, a pair of outlaw brothers, seek temporary refuge in a desolate town inhabited by a small family of psychotic, cannibalistic lunatics. And I did watch the trailer for that one. It's your dodgiest pick of the week. Let's see what (laughs) Eugene's gonna do. (laughs) Go for Eugene. Okay, um... Uh, yeah, of the two, it was, of you know me, it's a, co- a toss-up between the 80s horror and the maybe gem, but probably not, and I'm, because I, last week's was, that was a thumbs up, I'm gonna oh, hope that I'm gonna go. get, <laughs> I'm actually gonna stick with Metamorphosis, because that's the second time you threw that up on the roulette, and it's 80s, and it sounds good, and it could be a cheesy 80s gory gem, probably not, but it might be. From 1990. Oh, from 19... 19- oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it still looked well, very 80s, but... Yes, I'll, I'll give that one a whirl. But, I mean, it was close. And Drifter, if you throw that up there again, eh, you know me. I'll probably oh, take oh, that. Ex- it's staying on the, it's staying like, on the uh, wheel. <laughs> yeah. So, there but you go. Every time I see that Accelerator Media logo, I'm like, oh, God. Here yep. <laughs> I know. Have they made anything that we're like, wow? There has to be something. Uh, I don't think there was anything that we were like, wow. I think there was something that I was like, ah, not bad, but... Uh, that's yeah. that's about two steps above asylum at this point, I think. Uh huh. Yep. At least it feels like they're trying, though. Uh, unlike asylum. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. okay. Uh, you had me at Patrick Swayze post-apocalyptic 1980s. Uh, Check mark right there. Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. I'm in. Excellent. Sometimes some one of us, and I'm guessing it'll be me, will pick the similars because I. I am very curious about that one. Yeah, I am too. I'm fine. Keep throwing it back up there. And any of these that we don't pick, just chuck them back on. Eventually, somebody's going to watch them. Yeah, agreed. That that air, I've never heard of that one. I remember, I think I might have even posted the trailer to the Facebook page, but I did watch the trailer at one point. I wasn't blown away by it, but it was sufficient for a roulette. I know that. And Norman Reedus and Jamon, however you say his name, uh, I mean, those are names. Yeah. Who knows? Could be a gem. Okay. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to round three of favorite movie per year of your lifetime. This is our next to last round. Next week will be our very last round of this game. Yeah. Then we'll have to find something else to do. Uh, Okay, starting with 1999, sir. You are up first. 1999. Okay, so 
eighty or ninety eight was. I'm just looking over my notes here. I had Private Ryan, and then okay, so we go to 90, 1999. And now I think that we are going to start getting into a couple of. Uh, well, I guess we'll we'll find out. I was going to say there might be some movies that we both uh, have the same picks. I thought I thought that this section was really tricky. Like there were a lot of movies and way more than I thought. I, I was going to be listing as honorable mentions. Okay. Oh, well, we shall see. Nineteen ninety nine was easy for me. This was of actually of all of the ones. Uh, this was probably the easiest one. As soon as I was looking over what came out in nineteen ninety nine, I'm like, well, that one, of course. And that is David Fincher's Fight Club. Ding ding. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that. There was like, and like, I was trying to justify something else because I knew you were going to pick Fight Club. But I'm like, nothing remotely comes close to that because it's still groundbreaking today. Uh, I've got a couple that come real close. But I have I still one. Have I have one. one. Yeah, there was only one other one that uh, that it was worthy, and it is a bit dated now. But it uh, completely uh, kickstarted its own subgenre, and that is the Blair Witch Project, which was a that was a complete phenomenon of 1999. Okay. No? Oh, I, oh no, I, I agree. I left again. I left. I kind of dodged the horror stuff because I knew you'd be putting it on yeah. there. We could talk about it, but I think you're missing another one that kicked off its own genre as well. Um, Lord of the Rings. No. Okay. Ah, oh, now I'm actually very curious. But uh, go through Blair your honorable Witch... mentions, and I'll. Um... Okay. Well, Blair Witch Project. Um, for the for, honestly for horror, that was it. Like that one genuinely, genuinely scared me. I actually went to see that uh, twice in the theater. Um, and I could not understand why people weren't liking it. I'm like, how, how do you not? That's so, that was so scary to me. Um, and it, it, they're still making, uh, found footage movies today since, since then. Now, granted, I will say that, um, I consider Cannibal Holocaust to be like the first true horror found footage movie. I think um, most people do. Yeah. But, uh, this one here, it just, the internet was still, or the, you know, the social, not social media, but the internet was still relatively new, and the online campaign for this movie was so good to where it's like, okay, this didn't happen, or did it? Maybe it did? I don't know. Um, and it just, the mis- the mystery about it and the low-budgetness of it, seeing it on the big screen and like a big multiplex was so unique and different for the time. Um, I still uh, think it's a great movie, and that last 10 minutes or so is just scary as all hell. So, I agree, and I remember seeing it in the theater, too. And I'm, Did I see it with you? Uh, no, I I watched this with non-movie-going people. Oh, first. I, I almost wonder if I didn't see this by myself, because I can't imagine who else I would have seen it with at that, at that time in my life. At yeah. any rate, I do remember seeing it in the, in the theater. The fledgling internet thing, you're right. They had this website, based or, or true story, whatever, yada yada. Within like 15 minutes of it starting, I was like, okay, this is fake. Uh, just because I'm like, there's no way that they would show the final footage of people that are dead as entertainment. Yeah. They wouldn't uh, yeah. They wouldn't do that, so this must be a hoaxy thing. But it yeah. still was a terrifying film, no doubt. Yeah. Did you have any any other honorable mentions? I, you know, there's one that I'm purposely leaving off because I know you you're, you're going to hit it on it. I know you will, so I'm I'm not going to touch on that one. Okay. But um, the other honorable mentions, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, from uh, Stanley Kubrick, which yeah. I actually I owe it to you to uh, 
to say you need to revisit that one because I watched that in the theater um, on a date and it was very awkward. <laughs> I did too, and it was awkward. <laughs> yep, and I just like eh, whatever. And that is a masterpiece. That is actually one of Stanley Kubrick's finest movies. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I watch it, it actually climbs the list of his best. And um, I also want to give a little shout out to Sleepy Hollow, uh, director Tim Burton. I adore that movie. I I absolutely love that movie. Uh, that captures uh, Tim Burton is hit or, hit or miss, honestly. And that one there is complete hit across the board. Johnny Depp was great. Everybody was great in the movie. And I like the fact that it is a really mean and gory movie on top of being that that fantasy weird Tim Burton feel going on. But I thought that was a great movie. Still holds up. Yeah, it's a great balance of, of weirdo Johnny Depp being reined in, not being too crazy. Yes. And, um, uh, what's his name? The Horseman. Oh, yes, Christopher Walken. Him so being, him, his crazy being reined in a bit, too. Yeah. If you just pull it back just a smidge, it doesn't come off as cartoony, yeah. and then it's crazy good. Yeah. But anyway, there, there, and there's other great movies from uh, 1999. Oh, let me uh, go through mine real quick. Yes. Uh, Galaxy Quest, one of the greatest comedies ever made, in my opinion. L.A. Confidential, I think that won Best Picture that year, and it, it deserved it. Dogma, Being John Malkovich is a brilliant film. Existence. Oh, great movie. Oh, wow. Well, you got me there. I didn't, I forgot about that one. Iron Giant, which I don't think you've seen yet. Never seen. Need to. And the other film that I, I probably, this is the one I was debating about giving to for 1999, because I saw it four times in the theater. It was one of those movies that was so brilliant it made me mad I didn't think of it uh, or had anything to do with it being made because I loved it so much. And it still holds up, but I still kind of had to give the edge to Fight Club because I I, I love that movie. But uh, The Matrix. Yes. And that spun off a million clones. That almost became its own little subgenre. Yeah. I know it is a, what do you call it, steampunk anime... Um, Cyberpunk, that's the that's the term yeah. for that. I know that that existed before The Matrix, but that was the best and might still be the best live-action version of that subgenre. We have spent forever on 1999. Uh, yeah. 2000, sir. Okay. Give me, your, give me your honorable mentions and your pick. Okay. Uh, so first honorable mention is, uh, wow, this is crazy, but uh, I actually gave runner-up, the first runner-up to Requiem for a Dream. Um, because it is so heavy, and I, I didn't award it the top spot, um, the replay, the replay value on that. I've only watched that movie maybe three times since it came out, but it's so depressing, but it is such a fine, such a brilliantly well-made movie. Um, but I gave it props for that. Um, and here's another one that, um, the only reason that I'm saying an honorable mention is because of my experience watching the movie and that is Castaway. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because that is one of the very, very few times in my adult life that I saw a movie with my mom and my dad in the theater um, that I I just, that was a very special moment that I'm like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an adult and they're like, let's go watch a movie. And I went to see Castaway with my mom and dad. And I remember it vividly. And it's just, it, the movie is fine. It's good. It but gets, my ex- it get, for me, it got better on rewatch. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it was good. And the second time I was like, all right. But, but, after I watched it again, I was like, this is damn good. That also yes. makes my honorable mentions. Good, good. Um, there, man, there's there's a bunch. U571 was a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> oh, no? Eh. I've no. tried to like that movie, and I've watched it like three times. Can't tell you a damn thing that happens in it. Yeah. Every bon time Jovi's I watch in it, it yeah. <laughs> every time I watch it, I'm like, I wish I was watching Hunt for an October or Below. <laughs> Both of which are better than U571. I will agree there. Um, and uh, as other honorable honorable mentions, uh, Gladiator. I, I yeah. feel like it's cliche, but it is a great movie. It, it is truly... a great movie. It's on my list too. Don't feel bad about that. Okay. Uh, but number one for me, <laughs> number one is Pitch Black. Oh, uh, oh, 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 wow. Oh, yeah, I love that movie, and I don't think that that has aged at all. Maybe someone, I guess you could make, an, you could make a case for the CGI being a bit dated, but, the, but with what uh, David Toy did with the effects, with lots of rain, and so you don't see a lot of the creatures, and when you do, it's, rain can cover up a lot of uh, subpar CGI in a movie, and he did a brilliant job at that, but I liked the pacing, I liked that that was the movie that Vin Diesel became a star because of that movie. And uh, he was so perfectly cast in that movie. Um, I I still think that it holds up to this day. I love Pitch Black. I agree, and it's on my honorable mentions, but I've got three tens and a nine ahead of that movie on my list. I still love that movie, but I... Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a ten for me. Mm-hmm. As an Great honorable movie. mention, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That is a masterpiece for me. I had, I love that movie. That's a 10. Uh, Unbreakable. That, well, yeah. that's that's just an honorable mention. I would put that at about an 8. Uh, Battle Royale, I would put at a 9. And my pick for 2000, Memento. Yeah. That is just one of the most unique films that has ever been made, and it's brilliant. I don't need to say anything more about it. 2001. We got to oh. go faster. <laughs> oh, it's this fun, is great. Though, you this see? is great, but we. <laughs> 2001. Go ahead. Now, I am seeing here, um, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay, that says 2000. Um, I'm just wondering if that was released in 2001. I could be well, wrong on some of these, but I, I just went to Google and said best movie, uh, best movies of year. Okay. And gotcha. then the line that came up, I'm not going to, the amount of time it took to even put that list together from doing it that way, I, it would be tripled by trying to do it on IMDb or something else. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So 2001, honorable mentions. First up, Mulholland Drive. I love this creepy movie. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and that's okay. It is uncomfortable. And um, that was probably... Well, it's between that and uh, uh, Lost Highway as David Lynch's finest uh, work, I think. Um, but my... Uh, oh, and right before... It's side by side. Runner up, like, right before the best movie of the year, Hannibal is right there. What? I, I was I, sure that was your pick. Oh, no, wow. I, I absolutely adore Hannibal. I do. Um, the more I watch it, the more I, I love it. I watched it with you in the theater, and you were like, <laughs> meh. Oh, but, that, well, there was a lot of backstory on that There was backstory on that one, yes. That, their but, air uh, conditioning it, was broken in the middle of July, I think, or summer. Yeah, it, it was, was summertime. Awful. It was hot. And we watched The Late Show, and yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, but uh, it is great, and it's darkly comedic, uh, gory. I loved it. But my favorite movie of 2001 is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's uh, Stone. Ugh. Okay. Let the Harry Potter series begin. Oh, oh, oh um, we'll get into another series later. 
<laughs> okay. So, uh, anyway, but I, uh, granted, I watched, did I, I'm pretty sure I watched the first one with you in the theater. Oh, who can keep track? I, I yes. watched, yeah. The yeah. first so, five to seven or 12, and then the last four or five or eight I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I can't keep track. Okay, honorable mentions for me, Donnie Darko, Spirited Away, uh, Vanilla Sky, I think is a very apt remake. Uh, I, I had both of your uh, honorable mentions on my list, too. Enemy at the Gates, I think, is a very underrated World War II movie. No, it's a good movie, yeah. Uh, Devil's Backbone. I think it's one of Guillermo del Toro's better films. That is excellent film. But number one for me, I had... It was a tough call between this and Spirited Away, but I had to give it to Spielberg's Kubrick's AI. Oh, okay. I That movie is brilliant to me. I love it. And that's the last thing that Kubrick left us. <laughs> Even if he... Uh, was only, you know, the writer or conceiver, whatever, however you want to put it. It's yeah. a good film. And Haley Joel Osment gives an unbelievable performance. Yes. That movie is haunting. Haunting. Haunting, bleeding into terrifying. And it's also yes. amazing how Spielberg really channeled Kubrick for most of that thing. I mean, you can see the splashes of both of them in that movie. Yes. Yeah. But boy, that end for uh, this, the last 20 minutes or so, I'm like, oh, this is heavy stuff. It is, but that that super leap forward in time is uh-huh. amazing. 2002. 2002, Harry Potter, A Chamber of Secrets is the best movie of 2002 for Eugene Weaver. <laughs> Just getting that out of the way, then I can touch on the uh, the honorable mentions. Because, yeah, it's Harry Potter. Um <laughs> Okay. I, I'm just going to say this right now because I adore the Harry Potter movies and the books so much. Is I I think it was brilliant that the that Warner Brothers cast this group of characters and we are like every movie we see them getting a, a bit older as they're going through school. Uh, I just it worked so well and it ties into the books so perfectly. But anyway, runner up for 2002 is The Two Towers, Peter Jackson's. Huge, huge, um, sprawling epic. I actually think that Two Towers is probably my, well, not probably, it is my favorite of the, the, uh, Lord of the Rings movies. I agree. Um, I, it just has the best of one and two kind of mushed together. There's more action, uh, but it, I, something about the Two Towers works better than the other two for me. I agree. Um, and another honorable mention is, uh, Paul Anderson's Resident Evil. That uh, <laughs> I know, I know, it's no, silly it's and ridiculous, but it's I, I. You know what? It's infinitely watchable. It's sci-fi fun, and while it's maybe a bit dated, I love the story. I just dig it. It's the best one in the series thus far. Um, so, Resident Evil, and also a little shout out to Eli Ross Cabin Fever, just because <laughs> it's got a history with you and I, and um, I've grown to love that crazy, weird thing that exists. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm looking at wow, some of these films that I have listed for honorable mentions and for best of, and it's like, wow, I don't know if these are accurate, but whatever. E- either way, if this, if some of these films in honorable mention were not, re- I don't have them in the right release year, they still would have been an honorable mention a year later or two. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I want to mention them. Road to Perdition, uh, Fincher's Panic Room, I think is underrated. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee's 25th Hour is probably my favorite film from him. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, Adam Sandler, 
Adaptation is a brilliant film. City of God almost oh, made it. Oh, yes. Almost oh, took man. Now, I did forget about that one. Yeah, but it's so heavy. It's how often are you going to watch that? Yeah, uh, that's probably why. Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can. Great movie. Great movie. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Reign of Fire because I fully enjoy that movie, and I get annoyed when people are constantly shitting on it. That is a giant, big dragon movie, and I don't give a crap. Who knows? I enjoyed that movie. But I don't feel near as bad about putting it on the list after hearing about your Resident Evil and, and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the best movie of the year for me is Minority Report. That's back-to-back Spielberg for me. And then there's Catch Me If You Can in the same year. Did he really do three movies in two years? Dude, that guy was just on fire back then. Man. He was a he machine. Was crunching out the movies. Well, at any rate, even if Catch Me If You Can wasn't in that year, it would be an honorable mention whatever year it came out. That's a yeah. great film. And that's one that I think is pushing three hours, and it's not too long. It is a 10 all the way through for me. It's great. 2003, sir. Okay, 2003 runner-ups for this year. Uh, Bad Santa is immediately on there. It's every time I watch this every year around Christmas. Um, it's extremely vulgar, extremely hilarious, and uh, it's the perfect example of a hard R-rated comedy that, uh, that that doesn't get old. The jokes don't get old. It's I love that movie. Um. Uh, here's where it got really hard because there's three movies and there there was Bad Santa and then there was these two that I was going back and forth with. What is my favorite movie from 2003? And I actually went with the one that I watch uh, more than the other one. I watch it every year. I've on occasion watched it uh, more than once and I watched it with you the first time. Um, this was, oh boy, it's weird to at, that at this point, like, uh, I am now dating my my wife, and uh, I... <laughs> oh, you mean back when this came out? God, yes, sorry. yes, 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 yes. Hey, so like... it's, just, it's weird <laughs> to, to go back memory lane and think of like when I watched this movie, and oh, like I watched this with you, and you were like, ugh, and then I went uh, engagement ring shopping right after we watched this movie. Um, <laughs> okay. And that was Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, okay. Is, that is my favorite movie of 2003, and I literally, I was going back and forth with... Uh, Corpses and Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. It was, it's, it's so neck and neck, but replay value on, uh, Thousand Corpses is, uh, I'm probably in the vast minority here, but it is one of the very few movies along with The Beyond and Texas Chainsaw Massacre that, I, and I've said this before, I consider this to be a, like, an hour and a half long nightmare. Like, it doesn't quite feel like a movie. It feels more like I'm watching this weird MTV-esque MTVS drug infused nightmare, uh, and I love it. I it's his best movie. So. I haven't seen it since the theater, and I'm genuinely looking forward to rewatching that. So please put that on my stack for October. Okay, that's a definite definite uh, October movie, and you may not like it, or you may have the same thoughts on it. But um, something about that movie is just raw and gritty and. Bizarro and unique. I loved it. Loved it. But 28 Days Later is still, um, from a technical aspect, such a well-made movie, especially because Danny Boyle shot with a video camera that I used to own. I think that's so cool. That's a fantastic movie, 28 Days Later. Okay, runner-ups for me. American Splendor. (laughs) Uh, Kill Bill, Volume 1. Kill Bill Mm -hmm. is my my favorite Tarantino, but I'm not going to give it 
the full kudos on this because they split them up, and I still want that full edition. Yeah, the whole bloody affair. Yep. Last Samurai is a movie everybody loves to shit on because Tom Cruise is a samurai. Shockingly, it turned out to actually be a good movie. Uh, Capturing the Freedmans is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. Oh, so I gotta wow. put that. I gotta put that on the list. This one almost made the top spot. Spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. I think that's Kim Kaiduk, I believe. Anyway, one of the most beautiful films that I've ever seen in my life. But I had to give the top honors to the most unique film of 2003. And for me, that was Old Boy. Oh, nice pick. That's yeah. a good pick. I had to. It was tough between that, spring, summer, fall, winter, whatever, and 28 Days Later. 20 Days Later, it was... Whew! I remember seeing that in the theater. Wow. Amazing. Yes. 2004. Nice. Okay, 2004, runner-ups. Um, immediately, and I knew this wasn't going to be number one, but uh, runner-up was the Polar Express. It is a yearly, uh, pretty much Christmas Eve go-to. It's starting to show its age a bit with the CGI, but um, I, I love the fact that it feels very epic. Um, I, I love the storyline, and it just feels like Christmas to me. Um, it's another movie that uh, I know a lot of people don't much care for, but I, I really, really love that movie. Uh, so there is that. Honestly, boy, looking, uh, looking over my list here, I actually only have, uh, have two that, uh, that are worthy of like best of the year. I mean, I could say alien versus predator. I really like that, but I'm like, nah, it's not a best of the year for me. Yeah. Eh. Uh, but the best movie of 2004 was, uh, and probably my favorite of the series is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Another of Harry, three Harry Potters. That's, yes, that's and that's epic. Alfonso Cuaron, and that was the first one that really deviated from the novel. They really condensed that one. Um, and Chris Columbus made the first two Harry Potters, and they're very much like the books, but they're very much... Uh, they're, they're, I love the movies, but... Um, for some reason, the third one, it felt like, hey, we're going to take the source material and, and the director himself is going to make it his own with his own visual style. And I, I really liked that. Um, and I like that, um, uh, the guy who plays Sirius Black, uh, what's his name? Um, Gary Oldman was so good in that movie. So, so good. So anyway, there you go. Okay. For me, 04 could have been a three-way tie for Best Picture. I think I, yeah, these all three would be tens, but I had to just pick one. So I picked the one that obviously, we, as, as usual, is the most rewatchability. But runner-ups. Life Aquatic, Steve Sazu or whatever. I think that's mm-hmm. a great film. Terminal. Again, Spielberg is on the list. I, Dude, it's I've not, never watched that movie. I've never seen Terminal. Oh, that's one of those with so much... Spielberg heart, I can't help but love it. And it's Tom Hanks, who is, you know, yep. America's leading man. It's, it, it shouldn't work. I should be annoyed at it, but it works. I like that movie. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, both of those were great this year. Collateral. Yes, great Jamie movie. Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. Yes. Primer. That was really hard for me not to put Primer at number one. The Aviator. Holy shit, is that a good movie? That's uh, G- uh, DiCaprio. Yes. Okay, good movie. But for number one, I had to go with Pixar's The Incredibles, because I just adore that film that much, and that's what it is for me. 2005. 
2005. Uh, Runner-ups for me would be Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this one here was uh, vying for number one, but uh, I, I watched this one relatively recently. And uh, Dakota Fanning's screaming, it, it genuinely is, uh, it's, it's fingernails on my eyeballs um, and ears, uh, ear holes. I, I, lo- I don't like her to begin with, and her screaming is, uh, just please zap her with the ray gun thing with your, not good. Uh, and even, even his son is kind of a douchebag most of the way through it. Um, but he was in the Dragon Ball live action movie. Oh, he was? Uh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, he played the main <laughs> character. It was one of the worst movies of all time. Okay, moving um, on. So, uh, the best... Uh, and also, the Kingdom of Heaven... Um, director's Cut. Director's Cut only. The theatrical version, I didn't like. I actually watched the, the theatrical version first, and I'm like, oh, that was meh. And I think you watched the director's cut, and you're like, you have got to give that another chance. I'm like, dude, that's like three hours long. But I did, and I'm happy to say it is a completely different movie. Um, shame on the studios for cutting that one back. Uh, that deserved the full-on uh, director's cut in theatrical form. I, that should have been released that way. Agreed. Because that didn't do that good. I remember that it was kind of a flop, and... I wonder if would it have been a flop had it been released in the version that Ridley Scott shot it in. I don't know. I mean, probably because it's still dealing with Christian v. Muslim, and that's yeah. not a super popular kind of concept. I'm, should be popular. It's the most popular thing on planet Earth. Uh, yeah. But in what people go for entertainment, they're like, eh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the 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 director's cut. <laughs> it it became epic the way that Gladiator was, and the, yes. some of the uh, Ridley's other things were the story was way more fleshed out now i understand why those crash cuts that they had in the theatrical oh this was studio tampering where they're forcing him to cut out subplots and stuff that would have made more sense if they were left in yep agreed uh and last uh, honorable mention is the exorcism of emily rose uh, that movie is genuinely terrifying um and i really liked that it actually has a positive message in it uh, it's not just a uh, cheesy little horror movie. It's a very well-made uh, horror movie that deals with some heavy stuff, and it's a it's a great movie. But my favorite movie... Oh, this is getting repetitive. Favorite movie of 2005 is uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet oh, of Fire. Seriously? Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I can't... I, I love these movies so much, and I, I feel like an idiot saying it, but I'm like, I love Goblet of Fire. I love the tone of that movie and uh, how they still made it... Like, that's where the books started to get gargantuan, but they still condensed that book to make a three-hour movie of yes. kids yeah. dancing or something, probably. Uh, <laughs> but Voldemort, Voldemort shows up in this one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, 2005. That's, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, it's the fourth Potter appearance on this show. i got to bust your balls a little bit. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> okay, oh, I for know. me, the runner-ups that... I agreed with all your runner-ups, but the ones that I would have added was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Shane Black, excellent movie. Uh, Match Point, Woody Allen, probably my favorite movie from him. I think that is a fantastic film. Never seen that one. It's great. It's black and white, Scarlett Johansson. It's great film. I think you would really appreciate it. History of Violence. Great movie. Yep. Sin, Sin City. That's two black and white movies on my list. And Sin City, yeah, that's... 
Peter Jackson's King Kong remake. I especially again director's cut. Uh, yes, I, I really appreciate that remake, but it is a remake. Um, but number one for me, I had to go ahead and give it to the one that. Now some of these other ones I would probably give higher scores, but I'm gonna give it to the one that I would rewatch the most often. And I've been avoiding comic book shit for most of this, so Batman Begins takes it away. I think it's an underrated entry for Nolan's trilogy, and it's an awesome, awesome film. 2006, sir. Okay. Um, I, I, making this list, it was cool to see how uh, the mid-2000s, after Saw came out a, a few years before, uh, the horror was a hot commodity again. And I can just tell by some really quality horror movies being released um, versus like the earlier 2000s, late 1990s. Uh, so here we have runner-ups. I've got The, the Descent which I think is a fantastic movie. Uh, Hills Have Eyes. I love Hills Have Eyes. Um, and uh, Eli Roth's Hostel. I loved Hostel. But my favorite movie of 2006 was the reboot of a friend, not reboot, but uh, a new Bond in Casino Royale. Hmm, interesting pick. Um, so That's cool. It holds up too. Yeah, I, uh, I love the Daniel Craig era of James Bond and Casino Royale is a fantastic movie. Now, I like that I've had one Bond movie on mine, and it was GoldenEye, and you picked the next reboot from the same director. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay, this was a very tough year for me because there were like three or four movies here that could have been number one. Seriously, there's uh, three tens on here. Whew. Uh, but the runner-ups, Lucky Number Slevin is kind of a dumb little movie, but I thought it was quite enjoyable. Deja Vu, that was uh, the other Scott, Tony Scott. But yes. I think that's a good movie. And it, it, it gets better with rewatch. Miami Vice, good movie. Uh-huh, yep. A Scanner Darkly, amazing film, but so depressing, just didn't quite make it. Uh, another, uh, Inside Man, second appearance from that director on the, tonight. Uh, Apocalypto, Pan's Labyrinth, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige was a tough one not to put on there. Perfume, The Story of a Murderer. Okay, you got me on that one. Yeah, that was that was a five out of five for me. I, I love that movie. I did too. But I had to go and give it to a remake, The Departed, from mm. Scorsese. Great Good film. pick. Yep. Yeah, that's there is no complaints there. Now the one uh was it Inside Man? Is that what the one you um, Yes. Yeah, I watched that one time and it didn't do anything for me, but maybe it was who I watched it with or... I... Most definitely. You would like that movie if you watched it again. Okay. <laughs> I figured, yeah. Uh, but I, I remember so little of that movie. Um... Oh, that's that's a good flick. It's a, a, a very fun... I mean, he's very reined in with his directing stuff. Spike Lee. He's yeah. very reined in with his uh, usual kind of Spike Lee-ness, but it is a very enjoyable film. Okay. Excellent. Oh, okay. Oh seven runner ups super bad one of my all time favorite comedies I know it's whatever but I I love the movie uh, Sweeney Todd the demon barber of whatever street Fleet Street I I really liked that one uh, it, it actually that movie have you seen that movie I still haven't okay because that one kind of reminds me a bit of Sleepy Hollow, and that's probably why it made the list. Obviously, Johnny Depp is in it again, and uh, Helen Bonham Carter, but 
it is the very dark, sinister uh, feel of Sleepy Hollow, and it just I, the songs are good in it, and the gore is wow, it's very graphic. Um, but my favorite movie of um, favorite movie two thousand seven is. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Are you serious? We're... I am dead serious. I and this was at the at this point, uh, I was now burning through the books. I, I believe that I was reading all the books as fast as I could. So um, now I'm in fully entrenched in Harry Potter, and uh, yeah, it's yeah Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there's this much Harry Potter. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, runner-ups for me. Again, another year where I could have put three different tens up here, but uh, the back-to-back of Death Proof and Planet Terror definitely makes the honorable mentions list. The Mist, I know you're not a huge fan of, but I am. I think that's one of the better King adaptations. Uh, American Gangster, underrated Ridley Scott film. That was Ridley Scott, right? Yep, that was a good movie. Underrated film. Uh, Eastern Promises. Good movie. Another great one. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Sydney Lumet film. Do you remember I have that? Not one? seen that one. Oh, you should check that one out. That's good. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ethan Hawke, Albert Finney. It's a good, damn good movie. Okay. This one almost made the spot. It was between this one and another one. There will be blood. Mm. Great film. But I had to go and give it to Sunshine for Danny Boyle. Damn, that's a great movie. Oh, I... but Harry Potter with my wizarding no. wizards. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a wizard, you see. That's <laughs> no, all right. Oh. Put on whatever the hell you want. But Sunshine, I love Sunshine. That movie is, it's so weird and dark and depressing. The only thing that knocks it down a smidge is that weird little, now it's a serial killer twist in the third act thing. But uh, everything up until then is bordering on 2001 brilliance. It's that yeah. good. I love that movie. And I'm the sci-fi dork, so there you go. I actually am kicking myself for not having that. That should have been an honorable mention. Uh, that's way up there. Sunshine would definitely make my honorable mention list. Definitely. Okay. Wrap us up with 2008. 2008. Runner-ups would be Cloverfield. Uh, watched that with you in the theater, and uh, I'm not sure if... Well, I'm pretty sure you like it a lot. I love it. I think that that is uh, one of the very, very best found footage movies ever made. Uh, it's on a massive scale, yet still with a relatively small budget, and it still holds up. I I, I love it. I love the creature in it. Uh, the downbeat ending works perfect. Great movie. I don't and, disagree with you, but the drastic amount of shaky cam knocked it off my honorable mentions list. Did it? Oh, it's, I, I, it's nauseating with the shaky cam. Yeah. Um, and the theater that we watched it in, I remember it was earth shatteringly loud too. And I, I liked that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, another runner up was frontiers. Xavier Gans. Ooh, I uh, missed that one. Oh, yes. Well. Yes. That's an icky, gross, uh, French horror movie that is, uh, very well made. And, I I'm a horror guy, and that that was an easy. It wasn't best, but it was an easy runner-up. But the best movie of 2008 is The Dark Knight, which is one of, if not my favorite superhero movies of all time. That is a fabulous movie. Uh, we agreed on the first movie tonight, and we yeah. are agreeing on the last movie tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
so yeah, I thought I, I thought I, I felt a little ashamed that I went back to back Batman's, but uh, quad Harry Potter boy over here, I guess I'm good to go. Um, yeah. My runner ups are completely different than yours, though. And I don't know if, how many of these movies you've seen, but uh, I had to throw Zack and Mary make a porno on there because that movie cracks me up. It's so freaking funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button definitely gets an honorable mention. In Bruges, definitely an honorable mention. Great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go with the word title I cannot pronounce. Synecdoche, New York, or New York? Synchronicity? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like Sin Douche, New York to me. That's what I see, but I'm an idiot, so don't take it at that. But that is a mind-bending film. Red Belt. David Mamet, I believe. You've talked about that movie before, and I've, I've never seen that one as well. Oh, you should watch that movie. You would like that movie. It's a good flick. And the one that almost could have battled for The Dark Knight? Speed Racer. <laughs> oh, man! Okay, there's the one that I missed. I loved that movie. Yeah. Wow. More, more like a nonja. <laughs> oh, wow. That was, uh, I'm glad that you and I were the only two people that saw that in the theater. I don't care. That movie kicks ass. The Wachowski yes. siblings knocked it out of the park again. And every yeah. time I watch that movie, my love for it does not diminish one bit. Yeah, that movie was crazy. And funny and good. Yeah, that was a great movie. Man, I should probably pull that one out of the Blu-ray stack and rewatch that one. It holds up. It really does. There's a an area in the middle where you're like, this is silly and kind of green screeny weirdness but then the third act kicks in and you're like nope this rules and all of its stupidity i just love that they wanted to make a live action anime and i mean that in every sense of that phrasing they wanted it to be like a cartoon where the foreground and the background are in focus and they did it and it looks really weird and most people were like no and i was like yeah Yeah. (laughs) was christina ricci was in that right yeah Yes, yeah, yeah, there, she there was. was a couple of genuinely like funny, weird moments in it too. I'm like, it, I think we're supposed to be laughing because yeah. this is really weird, funny. Uh huh. It's John Goodman. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny. Was... There's a monkey. Deal with yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is that any of the parts that you're like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Just go watch an old episode of what is it, the '60s Speed Racer, and you're like, no. oh, they did stuff like that. So there, yeah, there. I'll allow it. I'll yeah. allow it. Good choice. I that was one. You had a couple on there that I missed. I'm I'm impressed. You still haven't seen Ben Button though, have you? No, I have not. I, I actually own that on Blu-ray. I have it on Blu-ray. I bought it for cheap. It's in my collection, but I for some reason have not watched it. The only uh, the only movie from him that I have not seen. Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. You should watch that one with your wife. I think you both would enjoy it. Yeah, and what's weird is that you gave it a huge thumbs up and. One of the reasons that I haven't watched it yet, and this is absolutely no excuse, but my uh, cousin, he hated it. And I remember he saw it in the theater, and he looked over, and his wife was bawling. He was like, are you kidding me? This is awful. Is this thing done yet? And he was like, it was only halfway over. And that that should make me want to watch it. But, uh, <laughs> it really should, since you yeah. completely disagree on film taste. Yeah, on everything. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I'll get around to it. I will. Oh, you should. It's a great film. I'm actually going to pull it out and rewatch it again here sometime in the near future. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. Like, I need to give that one another watch, but it, you've it's got a great the film. Cri- you've got the Criterion Blu-ray as well, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
Okay, that'll wrap up round three of our favorite movie per year. Next episode, it will wrap up the this entire little segment. We'll be done with it. Uh, but until then, recently watched, sir. What have you been watching recently? You get to oh, go first. Um, wow. Well, um... I'll just give you a heads up. I'm going to do four movies in my first round, lightning okay. fast. So if you want to do several, go for it. Okay. Um... I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with uh, a, a double header of uh, you know how, how I get I get on my kicks and so I have to like oh I, I've got to watch the same from the same director or the same actor or the same genre or whatever so I rewatched uh, with Alien coming out here soon I rewatched and you're probably thinking I'm gonna say an Alien movie uh, Planet of the Vampires from Mario Bava. Uh, which is uh, as people I, do. Yeah, of course. Yes, this one here actually. I own it on Blu-ray, and I watched it once before. And uh, Ridley Scott, I, I'm not sure if he've ever, he's ever said anything, but it feels to me like he pulled some ideas out of this movie for Alien and especially Prometheus. It just feels like there's some ideas. Uh, from his movies from that universe that were pulled from Planet of the Vampires. Um, let me just pull up here. Down, do you think it was Ridley Scott and the directing and the, the, the way that he took it, or was it Dan O'Bannon and the writing? So so basically, um, the comparisons that I found were you've got your group of astronauts, and they, get this, they hear this beacon on this supposedly uninhabited planet. They go there, and there is this... Uh, skeleton thing that is, to me, reminiscent a bit of the engineers from Prometheus and the original Alien. Um, and then from there, one thing leads to another. People are ending up dead. Um, now, granted, things change towards the end, but there is a lot of similarities that I found in this movie that seems to be in Ridley Scott's uh, Alien franchise. This movie is cheesy, very cheesy, very dated, but it has this weird, fun vibe to it. Like, I hate to say Mystery Science Theater because it's it's a good movie, <laughs> but just their costumes are hilarious and they're Italians and uh, <laughs> and like they're they're wearing leather. Like it, it feels like this leather fetish type outfit that they're wearing. Keep but, talking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there is no vampires, of course, but it's called Planet of the Vampires. Um, spouting silly dialogue, reminiscent of Mystery Science Theater, but it's not Mystery Science Theater, you see? Um, (laughs) so I liked, I liked it, and the twist ending is cool, and whatever. Okay, so then after that, I'm like, well, I have to watch another Mario Bava movie. So let's watch The Whip and the Body, because why not? Um, have you ever watched The Whip and the Body? I don't think so. Okay. Um, it's something all right. Uh, Whip in the Body. Uh, this is a Christopher Lee movie, uh, which, okay, great. <laughs> this was made two years prior to Planet of the Vampires. Uh, it's not really a Jalo. It's, uh, this Christopher Lee who is dubbed horribly. So it's not Christopher Lee's voice. It's, him and all his awesomeness with just silly, r- ridiculous voice. Um, he's this guy that likes to whip a girl in this castle, and he gets killed, and then he comes back as a ghost, and 
And, uh, to he lives again to whip again to whip again and it's I guess for the time it would have probably been considered pretty risque and like ooh, wow it's okay it's kind of sexualized violence but it's eh, it's you know I'm whipping you eh, eh, eh. and it, the fact that it's not Christopher Lee's voice because Christopher Lee is you know Christopher Lee and this guy is an Englishman, an English gentleman, or whatever. Meh. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> uh, so fantastic. <laughs> Back to you. Uh, I'm trying Good to sir. Com- compose myself after that. Um, woo. Oh, eyes are a little leaky from. Uh, uh. I, I maybe it might be shocking to some, but it was. And the the whip wasn't even like a big Indiana Jones type whip. It was like this little, you know, a horsey whip. Okay, I'm done. Ah, it's it's getting worse. Please just keep talking. Just... You know what I'm talking about? Like the little buggy whip. Yeah, giddy up. It's like that. Uh-huh. That's I know what you mean. Yeah. That's we what we know that because we grew up in Amish country. Everybody, yes. it's not because we were uh, sexually. Buggy whipping each other. (laughs) (laughs) It was something that we would see driving down the road every single day. Yes. (laughs) It wasn't weird. Yeah. (laughs) Except it totally was to everybody else listening to this. Yes. Oh, (sighs) okay. Okay, Help us recover. Things off my list that that I teased from the last two episodes. Fast and furious. Mm. I'll get them off fast and furiously with my buggy whip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went to rewatch the series. Well, most of it because there's a new Fast and Furious movie coming out, and why not? I gotta watch this silly shit, and over and over and over again because sometimes you just need to switch off your brain and you want to see cool cars drive fast and blow up some stuff and steal some stuff and be done. And you know what? These are kind of like the new age James Bond movies. They they scratch that James Bond itch. And so I started at part four, which is kind of where the series came back together, or at least the the characters all came back together. Okay. And this is a good movie. I really enjoy this movie. It's a fun little jaunt over to Mexico, and they're taking down a drug dealer. Yay, part four. Good stuff. Part five is the pinnacle of the series. I think you and I agree on that. Yep, agreed. It still could be argued it's a smidge long. But it is a good movie. Um, oh, I should also mention in part four that uh, Vin Diesel saves everybody at the very end by popping a wheelie in his car. Um, he also does the same in part five. Um, now we get to part six, and this is the one with the long runway that goes on forever that could have crossed all of Eastern Europe. Uh, yes, so which this, that's where I gave up. Yeah, yep. I know, I know you did, but and I too was like, this is weird and. Nah. Um, on rewatch, not that annoying, especially when I do the, I'm going a marathoning these movies. Okay. Because in each one of these movies, there is some shit that is so stupid that you're like, they would never survive that. And then somebody on the internet goes, yeah, you know what, dickhead, they wouldn't survive 90% of anything that they do in any of these dumbass movies. James Bond isn't real either. Oh. <laughs> So then you go, you watch them with a little bit of a different vision and you go, yeah, yeah, there isn't a runway that long. Um, Who gives a shit? 
And yeah. Vin Diesel survives by popping a wheelie. Now, on to part seven. In <laughs> um, his, his black muscle car, right? With the big engine? And, not, that... not, not this time. In six, it was a, a some red sports car, I think. He had to okay. ramp out of the airplane. I don't remember. I have, okay. Yeah. It, it's okay. fine. It's yeah. fine. Uh, part seven. This is one that you haven't seen, and it's one that is very forgettable, but is very much about as good as five and six. I mean, they're all kind of four, five, and six, seven. They're all kind of in the same ballpark, with five just being slightly elevated. Okay. Very good. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I there was a part towards the third act where. Vin Diesel saves the day by popping a wheelie and oh, ramping and saving. <laughs> At this point, dude, you have got to take these movies like uh, with a dash of comedy. They know what they are. That's James Bond shit. You know he's going to have his opening gambit. He's going to have sex with three girls in the course of 90 minutes of a movie and he's going to blow up a bunch of shit and stop some maniac and save the world. And that's it. it. These movies do the same thing. Why is it that we can't hold them to the same standard as these other dumb shit movies? Still very enjoyable. Uh, give me a break. He ramps a car between three skyscrapers falling down three levels each along the way. And yeah, it's <laughs> fine. You're like, nobody would survive that. Yeah, of course not. That's not why we're here. If we wanted real life, we'd go out and live it. We're sitting in a movie theater, show me some shit that's fake. And <laughs> a bunch of hot chicks around, hot cars, and the end. It's it's yeah. entertaining, and if you go in with the right attitude, I think you will in- completely enjoy these movies. Now, the one thing that Seven has going for it, other th- than the previous ones, is this was the one that Paul Walker died in the middle of, mm-hmm. and they had to do all kinds of trickery with his brothers and whatnot. It's mostly seamless. There are a couple of places where you can tell they're shooting him from the back on purpose. Okay. Which is a little odd where they, you know, just conversations where the normal two shot, it would be on him talking, it would be on her talking and it's swapped where it's on the back of his head when she's talking and it's on the back of, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. They did a great job doing what they could. I'll tell you for the most part, couldn't tell. Yeah, And the very end of this movie, especially when you watch 4, 5, 6, 7 in a row, there's this running theme of him trying to beat Vin Diesel in a car race that he's never been able to do the entire series. Yes, yep. And the way that the movie ends with the song, I mean, even knowing these are stupid-ass James Bondian dumbass action movies, you're still like, I'm I'm about to roll a tear. Nice, okay. ends it's beautiful and i'm really looking forward to watching the next one and i'm really feeling more like defending these movies from people who oh it's just dumb car chase whatever there is a strong core to these movies and they're a lot of fun and just let them be even if they are full of stupid shit just let them be who gives a crap (laughs) you think you're gonna watch this one in the theater you know wait for the uh maybe dollar theater but it, it depends i'm so busy these days i can't watch anything in the theater so uh if i get the chance maybe but yeah, we'll see. I'll I will definitely buy it. I'll tell you that much. I I like these shitty movies. I like them. Okay, <laughs> I just did four movies. Back to you. Back to me. Okay. First things first is from director Antonio Margariti is Lee Majors and Karen Black starring in Killer Fish from 1979. Oh, good. Uh, Lee Majors is 1979. That's good. 
Yes, um, he's a badass. Um, uh, there's a Hemingway in this as well, uh, and I don't want to pronounce her name wrong, but uh, I have never seen a, fr- a first name like that. Mar- Margot Hemingway? Yes? Uh, M-A-R-G-O-T? G-A-U-X. Yes, I want to say yeah, Margot. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a Margot. But, but I can tell that she is definitely a Hemingway. Uh, by when I saw her, I'm like, oh, that's okay. I she looks like Mario Hemingway. Um, and also, and it could be wrong here, uh, but there is a guy named Frank uh, Pesci in this, and I could swear the uh, the guy looks like Joe Pesci. I'm like, is that his brother? Maybe. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> probably not. I'm probably an idiot, but um, nah, killer no, fish. Fine. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> killer fish, jewel thieves. Uh, in this hilariously bad um, miniature explosion thing in the beginning, where you see like a bunch of little toy cars and toy buildings explode, uh, jewel thieves rob this uh, this bank and. A lot of explosions, and then one thing leads to another. The jewels are hidden at the bottom of this lake, and the main bad guy uh, populates the lake with a bunch of piranha so that no one can come in and get the diamonds or the jewels. And uh, this is... I I can't believe I'm explaining this movie. (laughs) Okay, a bunch of of B-level actors end up on a boat, and they're trying to get off the boat... But they can't because there's uh, piranha and it's. There you know you what it sounds like you're describing to me? I might fall from a tall building. I might yeah. roll a brand new car. Because <laughs> I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. Yes. <laughs> Lee Majors. Oh, that cool was much ever. <laughs> oh, but it's something all right. It's Oh, and I liked it too. I'm like, this, is, this isn't that good, but it's kind of cool. And 70s and Karen Black with her odd, weird, I'm uncomfortable expressions uh, <laughs> and frizzy hair. But yeah, it, it was good. I liked it. Okay. Um, yeah. So next up was, of course, Karen Black starring in Trilogy of Terror. Uh, made for TV movie. Uh, um... This is the one with the little Zuni fetish doll thing. Yeah, did I watch this one? I'm guessing. It, it's fairly popular. Uh, this is from the mid-70s. She's I've heard of the, it before. I just can't remember if I watched it. Because, uh, you know, yeah. I do my October horathon, and then I can't remember everything that I watched. I would be surprised if you have not seen this movie. It's only an hour and ten minutes long, or, or right around there. Um, and each story, she is the main character. And each story is good, but the last story with the little Zuni fetish doll thing is fantastic. It's and it because it was shot in the 70s, it makes it all the better. And for some reason it's it's the other two stories aren't that scary, but that third one is really creepy because the doll looks so damn evil. Mm. Like it's just nasty little thing. Um but yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it and it's it's so it's over so quick that it's like, "Whoa, you should have squeezed one more short story in there." It's on YouTube, so check it out. Good movie. Okay. I will. Do you want to do another um, one? Yes. Uh, one more. Uh, I have a feeling that I've talked about this movie on our show, but you know what? We're going. We're past three years, so we're gonna. We're gonna. We're revisit. gonna double up on stuff. It's yeah. All right. This one here, I'm not sure if it was a roulette or if I just commented on it, but I rewatched Mercy, uh, which is a Stephen King adaption. 
I have um, no idea what this is. Uh, this is not Mercy from 2000, 2016 that was on the roulette that was very good. This is from 2014. Uh, and this is actually based on Stephen King's short story, uh, Grandma from, uh, Night Shift, which is about a little boy that is stuck in a house with his dying grandma. And it's really, really creepy, the story in the book. And, um, I'm like, you know, I saw this back a couple of years ago and I have a feeling I talked about it on our show, maybe. And so I'm like, I'm going to rewatch that one. Ew, wow. It was awful. Uh, awful. <laughs> it was so shitty. Um, it's a, a douchey kid that looks like he's pissed off the whole time. And, um, Dylan McDermott's in it cashing a paycheck and it goes on for a long time and nothing makes sense. And there's a demon that's hanging on the back of grandma, kind of like in the shutter, shutter, whatever. That movie sucked, sucked, <laughs> done. <laughs> All right. I'm adding on a bitter. I, I'm in, I'm ending on a bitter note. I really was pissed off about that movie because this. Do you th- did you get, did you so give it a, a good review the first time? Or do you I th- kind of remember thinking like, huh, not bad. I don't, no, I have no recollection of it. It's awful, awful. Okay. Oh. Anyway, well, let me. Wrap okay, up. you know, I could have I could have ended on Hacksaw Ridge, but I'm like, no, let's go with uh, shitty Stephen King. Oh, oh, tell Netflix. me about Hacksaw Ridge. My last review is not going to take long, so tell me about Hacksaw Ridge. I want to know about that. What do you What um, did you think of it? Well, okay, well, I our next Facebook movie freaks review from me is going to be Hacksaw Ridge, so I don't want to say too much because my full review will be on there. But okay, um, it. Uh, the war stuff is really, really well shot, and uh, it's every bit as violent as you've heard. Uh, I do have issue, take issue with the overly schmaltzy, we're going to get you to cry, towards the end. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that to where I'm like, this is not at all emotional for me. Um, it was based on a true story, which is really cool, but some of the... I don't know, some of the Christ-like shots that uh, Mel Gibson uses towards the end is a bit uh, much. Like, come on, dude. I get it. Okay, he's a Christ-like figure. I I, I get it. But uh, and it, it, it takes about an hour to get to get to the battle stuff, which is fine. They're setting up character motivations and whatnot. Um, but uh, it was good. I Is like he going ba- overboard trying to seek forgiveness for all of his snafus? Oh, probably. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> the, the, he, made, he made the Passion of the Christ, so I guess yes. I, I can't even say that. Yeah, the, the, the war stuff is genuinely harrowing. I mean, it is brutal, brutal shit. Wow. And it's not like shaky cam stuff. It's, well, I mean, guts and arms ripped off and it's well, that, a horror. That, that Vietnam movie that he was in, did he direct that too? We were soldiers. Yeah. I don't know if he directed that or not. Because um, that uh, one is that's one of those war movies that I mean, there's oh, Hamburger man. Hill, and then there's like that. Yeah, it, no, that was Randall Wallace. He directed that one. Oh, d- yeah. Um, I liked We Were Soldiers. I think probably it, it's. Did you? What you? What you think of We Were Soldiers? I liked it. I own it, but it's still it's one of those that's so hardcore that I might have watched it once the time I yeah. bought it. I'm. I don't know if I'll. It's so hardcore that. It's depressing, you know? It's yes. not like, hey, let's pack up some popcorn and go watch We yeah. Were Soldiers. We 
Yeah, that's this. That is this movie. I will. I would watch Saving Private Ryan, which is already a very heavy movie. I would watch Private Ryan any day over uh, Hacksaw Ridge. So, wow. But anyway, my full review will be on our Facebook page. Okay, I want to get one more off the list that I teased last week, and that is, you know, we we go looking around for random and rare kind of things, and one of the things that keeps coming up on everywhere I go is this BMX Bandits with Nicole Kidman. Ah. I don't know if it's her first movie, but it's definitely one of her early movies. She's actually Aussie in this. So, yeah, she did not escape that prison island yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, when she All made right. this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's also, I, I should put out there, there is a BMX movie that I have been trying to find since the 80s. One of those movies that you have a few scenes in your head and you're trying to find what it is. And I, I, I have not been able to find what it is. Okay. And uh, let me tell you, it ain't this piece of shit. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. So this movie sucks. Um, it, it's nothing, really. I mean, some kids run around and they ra- find some walkie-talkies that are special on accident, and uh, some gangsters want them, and then the police can hear them, but they want them too, and so they run around for 45 minutes, and then they jump on their BMX bikes, and that's how they escape from all the bad guys, and sometimes they do tricks on them, and, uh... Woo! Okay. Yeah, it sucked, and you don't have to watch that one. Okay. Even though it shows up on all of these rare VHS, and who gives a shit? Uh, Are you sure I wouldn't like it, though? You know what? You should watch it. Let me know what you think. (laughs) Yikes. It was... It's not that it was god-awful or something. It was just a big pile of nothing. All right. Okay. Whatever. They wander here and do this, and they wander there and do that, and then, then some stunt people ride BMX bikes and pretend like they're Nicole Kidman, who turns around when they're not moving, you know, and the bike stops, and then, oh, I got to say something in Australian, and yeah, good, good for you, and then off they go. I don't believe for a second you're doing tricks, but who cares, because this is nothing. Uh, it's a kids' movie, right? It, or yeah, I mean, it would be some kind of tween thriller, maybe in the '80s or early '90s, but it's a big pile of nothing. Gotcha. So I'll watch it, basically. Yeah, yeah. good for you. Have fun. But mystery <laughs> solved for me. Everybody keeps talking about it on all these rare sites. It's rare. Uh, <laughs> who cares? Uh, I look forward to your review of it. Enjoy watching it. I, I defy you to get through half of it. I, I was seriously the halfway point is like Eugene would turn this off by now. Oh like, really? Oh damn! It's nothing. But some of those are no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it gets better at, towards in the third act. There's an amazing twist. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody, for Eugene's review of BMX Bandits. Yeah. As zombies show up and start biting off. You'll have to just watch it for yourself and find out. Perfect. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, Do you want to do Coming Soon? Yes. Yes. Um, I have a couple. Actually, I teased last week that I was going to watch the Christmas office party movie, and I I simply have been too busy in the evenings, and I'm like, I want to be in the right frame of mind to watch something like that, and... 
I, I like if I if I start at ten o'clock and it's a comedy and it's not good, then I'm gonna be pissed off and it's gonna nah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna hold off on that one. Um, but I had a couple that I was itching to watch. Black Demons was one of them. So yes, <laughs> Black Demons. What is, is that? Uh, From what year? Uh, Umberto Lenzi. Okay, seventies. Uh, no, actually, well, kind of. He directed uh, Cannibal Ferox, and this was towards the, the later, the later Lindsay years. Um, this was in the late '80s, and it's about uh, well, black demons, I guess. Uh, Are we talking like dark demons, or I should no, be apologizing? African American demons. African American demons. Oh, yes. okay. Yes, slave demons come back. Because um, and I've watched it probably fifteen times already in my life. <laughs> oh my God, um, it's the acting is actually that's the movie that has the line um, "I'm not going to die here like some idiot," and that's that is one of the greatest lines in a movie <laughs> ever. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to die here like an idiot. It's dude, you have got to watch this movie. It no, is I so, don't. I don't have to got to do so anything. Great, uh, it's so shitty and awful and awesome. Um, but that's on my pile. Um, I thought there was a couple other ones. There, I know that there was one that I was like, I have to tease for next. Oh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So I go from Black Demons to, to uh, Last Crusade. There you go. Uh, Last Crusade. I'm going to watch that one again. Oh, okay. Um, what prompted you to pull that out? Just last week's uh, favorite movie segment? or I was talking to... Well, yes, it did, actually. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, let's... I'm ready for a you know a big blockbuster type movie. What do you want to watch? And so you know we were going through the like I'm like what can we find that we both are gonna like something maybe 80s? And she was like, well we could go through the Indiana Jones movies again, Last Crusade. And so we're gonna watch Last Crusade. Cool, it's a great movie. I don't know why that movie gets so much hate. It does get a lot of hate online. I don't quite get it, but yeah, you know and. I've, I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and especially Temple of Doom so much. I have not watched The Last Crusade in uh, quite a while. Like, it's been probably at least, I would guess, four years now. So it's it's time for a revisit on Last Crusade. That's probably the one I've watched the most, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I watched it at that specific time in my life yeah, where it was right. perfect. And... Yep. And same with Temple of Doom for me. Temple of Doom was that. And I think Temple was my first one. Anyway. Okay. Repeating ourselves from previous episodes. Yes, this is and how you, we say goodbye in Germany, Doctor yeah. Jones. <laughs> what are you? What are you going to be rewatching or watching or? Uh, okay, coming soon. Review wise, uh, I teased it a few episodes ago, I think. But Red versus Blue is leaving Netflix the, mm. uh, the last week of this month. They have thirteen. Okay, bear with me here. They have thirteen seasons on Netflix, but these are. It's a web series, so each episode was 10 to 15 minutes. So Mm. they lumped them all together into one episode. So a whole season is an episode, which is usually an hour and a half. So when I say I've watched all 13 seasons, or I'm finishing up all 13 seasons of Red vs. Blue, each episode is about an hour and a half. Okay. Take that with a grain. It's not like a TV show where I watched... (laughs) Yeah. Big difference there. Anyway, but I'm on... I am I was hoping to review it tonight, but I'm not done with 13. That's where I'm okay. at. Okay. I love it. Uh, what else? I don't know, dude. 
I've got this giant stack of DVDs and Blu-rays that I need to get on. I want to start watching this TV show, Birds of Prey, that I watched a little bit of in the 90s. And I found it for super cheap, and I bought it. And it's a, a Batman, Batgirl thing that they did in the 90s. And I, I want to rewatch that. And what else? Bunch of Netflix stuff. I'm okay. also expanding into Shout Factory more. Yes, they have some good stuff on there. They really they do. do. I'm hoping to... I don't want to say finish up the Mystery Science Theater, the new one, but I'm, I'm going to have a few more reviews of Mystery Science Theater episodes coming up. And that's probably going to be it. Guardians 2, you going to try and make it out to the theater for that one? Yeah, Getting mixed reviews. Oh, really? I haven't... I really... I've been so busy, I haven't checked on reviews for that one yet. I've been hesitant because Marvel, for me, has dropped the ball with sequels. Their origin stories, the part ones, are fantastic. And then part two, it's always... Eh. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man 2, Thor, Thor 2, yeah. Avengers 2. Yeah. Hasn't, and now this one, it got initially good reviews, and then it's some mixed coming. I, I'll wait. You know me yeah. in theater. I'm waiting anyway. Yep. Now, but now, Alien. Will Alien be a theatrical? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One way or another. If it's not first run, it'll be second run. Gotcha. There, there are yeah. certain ones this year that are definite. Theater. That, Blade Runner. Yes. Um, uh, probably the DC stuff. I'm a little more geared towards checking that out in theater. Yeah. Because I know what I'm going to get with the Marvel stuff. I don't want to get in that argument again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Uh, anything else to add for this episode, sir? That's it. Okay. As always, everybody, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod on, at Yahoo.com for email. Seek us out on Facebook, MovieFreaksPod, for our written reviews and lots of trailers and fun stuff. That's going to do it for this episode. See you next week, dude. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. 